you climate your change jokes. is happening. Counterpoint, it isn't. Well, that guy's probably right, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, well... Welcome back to the Internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys. Today, we're jumping into a new Magic the Gathering story story uh, <laughs> of <Storia>? uh, Dominaria <laughs> United uh, and the real kickoff of the Phyrexian invasion. Um, I do want to call out like pretty early on that I was going to do. Oh, my God. I forgot what it was called. It's not called time. I was going to do another one that was requested. <laughs> uh very recently and then i started doing that one and then i was like well i want i want to do the the dominaria and phyrexian arc before i jump into other things because like it literally starts with like this you know it's like a the one that i almost did that i didn't do uh was like oh it's a feudal knight kingdom and this the boy king is the one who survived the phyrexian invasion and i was like okay well i'll go do the fucking phyrexian invasion yeah (laughs) Uh, Uh, and we're going to gloss over the Nicol Bolas uh, and, and chapter, I guess, uh, during this episode. So there's one that was a, a hard reminder when I was already four hours into the script. Like, uh, fuck, I never did that either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. Uh, with me, as always, is... James Miller. I'm here. I'm ready to play. I place myself in defensive mode, ready to listen. Face down, uh, ass up. That's defensive mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Peter O'Donoghue. Uh, my favorite uh, member of the Gatewatch is the Pot of Greed, actually, <laughs> which allows you to draw two uh, additional cards. Two the additional meme says mana. three. The meme says three, but it is two additional cards. Uh, Pot of Greed, and I know this is uh, not Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm ready, guys. I, I know there's no <laughs> defensive positions. It do work uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So more magic, and specifically the Phyrexians, has been requested by uh, many people. Over the years, um, this one specifically for uh, the Phyrexian Invasion continuation and Dominaria United, kind of more loosely, uh, comes from Mr. Sugarhype, Lorbonian Wizard, and Mr. Avocado Man over at discord.gg slash the Loreboys. Oh, no, discord.gg slash Loreboys. I even wrote it. My brain is just like too dumb. Um, <laughs> discord.gg slash Loreboys. That's clear. If you're confused, right? just check the link in the description. There it's is a right link there. in the description. Yeah, you can just <laughs> click it. Yeah. Click it, dummy. Don't listen to me, a dummy. <laughs> uh, um, uh, we have a low request channel there where you can pop in and, and request whatever you want uh make it zoids request a million times a day i don't here's the here's the behind the scenes guys i don't fucking care if you do <laughs> go nuts <laughs> pop off pop off children. i read every message ethan doesn't as you <laughs> <laughs> i don't anymore either because i was like oh yeah zoids eh? okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm still the unpaid mod uh on on on, on on the cast we we've got an actual mod but i'm the other one yeah, yeah he's the real unpaid, unpaid mod. mod yeah yeah what? sort of paid but anyways exposure sure yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't even know what jamie means by that sort of <laughs> <Everyone's> like, <laughs> I, don't know him. I mean i get patreon yeah but you guys do too oh, but you don't, you don't have you. to yeah. Yeah, yeah i thought you were talking about david david oh, we don't no, pay, yeah. you don't pay that poor child oh absolutely uh, not <laughs> Yeah, Laura boy's putting him through college. Uh, that, that, I call him that poor child. Is a full full grown ass man going to college, uh, working three <laughs> jobs, like yeah, all night, moderating the Discord. Yeah, uh, but we should yell memories. at him more. I don't think I'm he has so tired. I need to check if there's racism on the Laura boy's server. It's like, no, you need to sleep, my dear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
and if you want your uh, your request to have like a little bit of extra oomph, you can always join our Patreon, patreon.com slash loreboys, where we have some new patrons this week, I believe, Peter. We do, yeah. We have Trevor Owens. Uh, oh my god. Uh, Kieran Tragus. I'm sorry, it's uh, very Gaelic. Uh, <laughs> Peter's secret love child. Tell me who your mom is in the comments. That's, that's a resub. <laughs> That was a uh, that was Pantera. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pantera. Sorry. And then uh, Joseph Roger as well. So thank you. And you yeah. fucking and you fucking son of a bitch, Joey Jaboogly. This, yeah. this goddamn. If if this is actually the Joseph Roger that Jamie and I went went to school I with growing the email. up. I checked the email. I'm pretty sure it's him. Pretty yeah. sure it's him. You fucking son of a bitch, Jaboogly. Yeah. I I used to spend every weekend sleeping on his floor, and his wonderful mother would make us the best breakfast. I'll come out and yeah. say it. He's the uh, reason I, I flunked out of school the first time. Because oh, all, really? all I did was go to his place, get high, and play Mario Kart. Like, it was uh, all <laughs> my entire freshman year. So My first drink, his <laughs> sister bought us a bunch of coolers. And oh, uh, we broke yeah. some glass on the carpet. And I remember picking it up with, like, my drunk hands. And uh, his sister's <laughs> like, don't do that! <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Uh, Thank you, everybody, regardless. Whichever thanks. Joseph Roger you are. Except for you, you fucking son, you fucking squirrely son of a bitch, Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. So let's let's talk about a Magic: The Gathering story. So we're kind of continuing the Phyrexian invasion. Uh, you guys will remember we talked about a, a little bit about Kaldheim. It's like the Viking world uh, when we yeah. talked about Tibalt and, and all that. Um, we talked about Kamigawa, which was kind of like the first plane that the uh, Phyrexians the Phyrexians sort of invaded three planes kind of simultaneously. Um, after we we also talked about New Phyrexia. A second time like we we did two episodes on new phyrexia including like yeah. the more uh, recent one um and the phyrexians are are unable to uh planeswalk they need the assistance of somebody else so tezzeret they got in touch with tezzeret uh a planeswalker who helped them to to uh send their bodies to other planes when they do so you guys will remember all the organic material of their body is destroyed and they are left with just the metallic pieces and they have to right. slowly like regenerate themselves yeah, That's, um, the primary one in Kamigawa uh, was Jin Gitaxis, right? He was the, yeah, the main guy. Exactly, exactly. It's so weird. Sometimes you like present me something sometimes. It's just like a regular name. Just like, oh, yeah. So this week we did an episode about John Smith. We're doing John Smith part two next week. And I'm like, oh, some guy or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> like the, the horrible space monster called yeah. Jin Gitaxis. I'm just like, I know that guy. I can, I can pull that out at any I point. remember some basement lab with a bunch of like animal spirits in boxes. And Jin yeah. Gitaxis yeah, was, was there. Yeah, yeah with the the the. the the, the soul key or whatever that thing yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was lumiere hooked up to a an iv machine a ghost yeah, iv what or I, whatever that's right? what i yeah, drew yeah. but i don't remember what the, the thing was called the relic he was using to drain i don't the remember experience. what it was called either so don't worry about it um, <laughs> that's, that's probably the required reading that anybody listening uh needs to know if you want some like bonus content honestly our first magic the gathering episodes are going to a lot of the, those details are going to feature pretty heavily um super not required if you, if you if you haven't listened to it i don't fucking remember what we talked about back there except for like <laughs> one or two odd bits so uh you're no more in the dark than i was whenever i was writing this so our, our story today is going to begin deep within the caves of koilos which right away that's we they featured heavily in the, in the first episodes where we talked about urza and yogmoth yeah urza is um, like set up or something like that like so he, set, he sets up his like uh his yeah the, or something there the, not quite. So the caves of Koilos okay. exist beneath like the main city in Dominaria, and mm-hmm. there are these radioactive caves that can that are like 
stock full of all these Thran artifacts. And Thran are this like ancient uh, civilization. The poor people are kind of forced to live in the yeah, caves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They get they get kind of uh, radiation sickness. And then this guy Yogmoth shows up and says, like, hey, why don't you guys like I'll open a rift? You guys can all come with me to this new plane. We'll give you this like beautiful paradise. And he turns them all into Phyrexians. That's like the birth of the Phyrexians. Okay. Starts in the caves of Koila, basically. Oh, well, if you have radiated flesh, that's a pretty good deal, you know? You hey, they, had a, they had a good deal. You teleport. Yeah, anyway, I thought Caves be- of Koilos was going to be a snake pit for sure. It <laughs> oh, sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> okay, it's more Greek than you think. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, it's yogurt. with a bunch of snakes? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, he's more Greek than you think. I am. <laughs> Put that on a piece of corn. Uh, so um, we're in the Caves of Koilos. Uh, Karn, the silver golem planeswalker, whom we've talked about a few times now. He's working tirelessly to uncover the secrets of operating an artifact he's found, one he believes can help him defeat the friends. Um, so Karn is in in the irradiation caves. Uh, it's just a and- gun. He doesn't know how to pull the trigger. <laughs> 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 it's it's just, <laughs> just picturing him safety's like, on the whole time yeah. i'm just picturing him like accidentally misfiring it like right into the center of his forehead but he's made a pure fucking silver so it's just like <laughs> just like it just embeds like a quarter inch into the forehead basically like <laughs> out after a second like hmm, curious did i watch the, all the new always sunny last night and one of the episodes is frank shoots every single member of the gang <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gotta go watch that it very good. Good. That's, yeah. that sounds very good yeah uh the gang so, stopped the phyrexians yeah. <laughs> so right now we're we're either before like the new invasion of kamigawa uh or like concurrent with it like jinga taxis is maybe getting set up there but he's bots probably not yet quite blown up okay. um because it was Jingataxius to uh, Kamigawa. It was Vorinclex. Was it Vorinclex or Urabrask? One of the two. I think it was Vorinclex to uh, Kaldheim, the Viking uh, land. And then it was Shieldred, who was said to have gone to Dominaria. And I briefly mentioned that, I think, on the new Phyrexia episode. Um, so for now, they've, as far as we know, they've either haven't spread out yet into the multiverse or they have and they're just recovering. While Karn is deep underground in a radiation cave being like the fucking Phyrexians, man. The Phyrexians are coming. I can tell you, man. I, I can tell you. The microwaves in my teeth told me. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he's like pure chrome, but he still has a tinfoil hat tinfoil. on. That's the exact same color. <laughs> yeah, don't wear your tinfoil hat into the radiation caves. It'll start sparking like a yeah, microwave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh no, my th- robot creation is not microwave safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so while he's down here, um, yeah, this is this is shortly after Karn helped the Gatewatch in their fight against Nicol Bolas. Um, so everyone is just celebrating the defeat of one great enemy of the multiverse, essentially. Um, and, and, and everyone but Karn is essentially like, oh, this was great. Now we're, we all got a chance to rest. Bad guys are done for a little bit. You know, we know how these stories go. Um, <laughs> but Karn is, is pretty obsessed. He, he senses the presence of Phyrexian agents on Dominaria in his heart of hearts. He is determined to thwart their plans to ensure his homeworld's safety. So you guys will remember Karn was created by Urza. Yeah. Uh, not given a name or anything like that. Karn eventually convinced Urza to let him go to school. He made friends with some other planeswalkers, Joyra and Teferi. Right. Uh, there and then got attacked. Didn't he also become an artifact of some kind at one point? He became uh, the Mirari. He uh, no, he create he create he turned the Mirari into um, Memnarch. 
He turned the okay. Mirari into something. So his his whole oh, thing right. is he can yes. like yeah. he can manipulate inorganic matter. Like just with his mind, he can like cre- he could create a gun just with his mind. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all the Americans just salivating all of a sudden. So <laughs> yeah. <like that. laughs> he was just like without touching it, just like the like a perfect sheet of foil just like goes yeah. up and wraps it like a magic turban yeah. like onto yeah. Her yeah. You, you get to watch avatar right he's a gun bender yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and honestly uh, americans if you put your mind to it you can make guns you can make bombs you can put them wherever you like uh yeah yeah believe in yourself america exactly. come on you know yeah. what america needs america needs a dose more of believing in itself <laughs> yeah <true. laughs> that's very true um so so karn is hard at work while he's exploring the, the caverns, one of his excavators breaks. He's adept at fixing machines because he can do it with his mind. He created Argentum. You guys will remember the plane of mathematical perfection for himself, which okay. later became Meriden, which later became New Phyrexia, right? Oh, yeah, when, he's at the core of, the, of New Phyrexia, right? He's like, isn't he like... He was. We, we had found yeah. him there. He, he's no longer there. He was saved by Elspeth. We talked about that. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I have a note in this later on. He was saved by Venser specifically who had been poisoned by the Phyrexians and sacrificed himself and gave up his spark to save Karn. Because he's like, I'm dying anyway. I'll save Karn. Karn, as a result, is immune to uh, glistening oil now because of Venser's sacrifice for him, essentially. Um, whereas his heart is protected uh, by Venser's uh, Planeswalker spark. Okay, cool. Right. Um, so he, he created Argentum. Uh, he had left you know, a vial of glistening oil and then had to leave the plane. And Memnarch, who used to be the Mirari, found it one day touched it, and then turned into a Phyrexian and created new Phyrexia. Right, okay. Right. Uh, we have an episode on uh, Argentum. Memnarch and Johnny, uh, like, we have an episode about them and their interaction. Yeah. I remember having to draw both of them. Memnarch is, like, kind of spider body, huge brain, and, like, yeah. regular guy face sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, so he comes across this, this broken excavator. He decides to, fi- to fix it, and it, it kind of gets back to work. Uh, until you know, he, he kind of leaves it for a second. He he likes the caves of Koilos. Most other planeswalkers, but his his number one thing <laughs> about the caves of Koilos, and I'm working here, is that other planeswalkers don't really come here because okay. of all the all the radiation. It like specifically for planeswalkers, it like will disrupt their magic, make it hard to cast spells, and like just give them a general sense of unease instead of you know like rotting away their flesh like it does to to regular old humans. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's basically like un- unbearably disorienting for for planeswalkers to be here. So so uh, Karn likes that. You know, he's tinkering with his little machines. Excavator breaks. He goes. He has like has a conversation with it because he's been all alone Ooh, down here. There, in the dark. You're working too hard. Like, put yeah. a, put, puts a carrot in the bucket, just like there. Yeah, a, a <laughs> carrot. Holds <yeah. laughs> <laughs> a handful with a flat palm, just like nuts and bolts. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joyra. Uh, one of the one of the other planeswalkers he came up with, a close friend, the one who gave him the name Karn. Maybe you guys will remember uh, his name. He didn't have a name when he was created by Urza. When he first went to school, Teferi gave him the name Artie Shovelhead. Uh, and then oh, right. Joyra, Joyra said, no, that's a stupid name. You can be named Karn. Um, huh. Joyra is like worried about him. This is like his oldest friend. Um, I'm getting a lot of romance vibes in this, you know, like uh, Bicentennial Man or whatever. Coincidentally, uh, that's what he calls his excavator now is uh, Oily Shovelhead or whatever. Oily <laughs> <laughs> Shovelhead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, hey, shovelhead. Yeah. shovelhead. Um, <laughs> she's worried about him. She's questioning his belief in the Phyrexian threat at this point, which we know, you know, the dramatic irony is there where we're like, hmm, you're going to be you're going to be pretty wrong about that, Joyra. Uh, but she's like, <laughs> come on, they were, de- they were defeated centuries ago. Like you're being paranoid. Um, 
The frogs are being made gay by the glistening oil. They just do that sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk about how, like, hey, it's it's the guilt you feel over Venser sacrificing himself to save you is like what's driving you to do this, blah, blah, blah. But they're all fucking wrong. He's, you know, he's whatever. Yeah, uh, no, it's he, not survivor's he, guilt. It's, uh, it's, it's regular. I'm just right. No, there's just fucking monsters. Like, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he remains pretty resolute in his conviction that the Phyrexians have returned to dominate. So I have a quote from, uh, we're going to cover the first two stories by Langley Hyde in this uh, Dominaria United arc. The first one, uh, a quote from Echoes in the Dark. He liked working in the cave's silence. In the sun's absence, only the water's metronome drip measured out his days. He was alone here. Other planeswalkers didn't like the interplanar distortion that rubbed at their senses in the caves of Koilos. Karn didn't either, but he appreciated the isolation it gave him. He didn't have to answer questions or worry about whether the Phyrexians had gotten to someone, complicated them. He could seek the key to operating the Silex solitude. He would win the fight alone. What fight? Joyra had placed her hands on her hips in exasperation. Karn, the Phyrexians were defeated centuries ago, and these new ones you told me about are trapped on their plane. They're here, Karn had told her. Defeating the Phyrexians in combat means nothing. They aren't an army. They're hate embodied. They promise Dominaria's destruction. Damn. So uh, I, I name dropped the artifact that he's been working on there, uh, the Silex. Um, um, Silex of something? The Gol- Golgothian Silex is, oh. is what it is. Uh, I think this is probably the first time in the episode, uh, in the podcast that we looked up Golgotha, which is Cavalry Hill, the hill that Jesus was crucified on. Don't know why they oh. chose to name it this, because uh, there's no, like it's never used in this tense, Golgothian. Um, the Silex itself was, uh, if we go again, way, way back, uh, Urza, the first the first great hero of the magic magic the gathering universe storylines essentially had a brother mishra and they were embroiled in this conflict which came to be known as the brothers war yeah uh at the end of which uh basically they they had something like they had these power stones which they split in two uh and they just like kind of split in two randomly urza got the strong one and mishra got the weak one the weak power stone uh and he just always like resented him for that he discovered this artifact called the silex and set off something called the Silex Blast, which was just, it's the equivalent of a nuke. So like, <laughs> right, like yeah. Mishra at some point had set this off, destroyed himself in the explosion and destroyed like, like you know, tens of thousands of people in the process as well. It caused like tidal waves and like all sorts of terrible things. I like yeah. how seven years and 30,000 beers later, I still kind of remember what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the way that uh, the person emoted it. She went. In in surprise, she put her hands on her hips. What oh, did she exacerbated say? Exacerbated hands. Exacer- 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 yeah. I, I want to start doing that more often. She's just, it, that was a perfect, like, humph sort of move, yeah. right? Okay, okay. What fight? The Karn were defeated centuries ago, silly head. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, I don't silly. hit the hands on the hips enough. And it, mm-hmm. By the way, if you ever want to do one of those funnier than just hands on the hips, the, the higher up you, you yeah. go with the hands, the it's sillier. North to comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go if you go nipple height, it's really. I feel more Midwest the higher up I go. It's a very like, don't you know, pose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that, hold your sack of potatoes up here, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Have all the groceries. For the yeah. audio listeners at home, we're all doing it right now. Of so. course, of course. They're doing it on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> or in their God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Car- so Karn's in the caves. He's working to uncover how to activate this thing because he thinks that he can use it against the Phyrexians, right? Um, He uh, that excavator, which had been which he had just fixed, uh, cracks through a a cave wall into a a hidden workshop, this ancient workshop full of Thran artifacts, ancient diagrams. And there's some diagrams which depict the Silex itself. 
So he's like, damn, I'm on this breakthrough. Literally. And figuratively. Uh, he realizes, uh, he realizes like, oh, this workshop might gain more clues to the, the Silex's power as well, right? Um, <laughs> I, I love this, this call out there. The books in the workshop are so old that just Karn speaking aloud causes some of them to disintegrate, which is like, yeah, good, good luck opening one, man. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, that is a great, that is a great detail, but that's very much like the, um, like it is kind of the cliche of like the second you touch something, it just disintegrates. Yeah. Right. And that's like, yeah. uh, yeah. I was thinking about it too. It's like, okay, this place is underground. Presumably like he is the, the only door in is the one he just made. Is there a, a skeleton like in a wooden chair, like at a desk somewhere? Yeah, like a broken who, pickaxe. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like who used to use this place, man? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, nah, I think it's like probably a long time since this happened. I, I don't know. I honestly don't remember like when Karn comes in the story of the brothers war either. Like if he came, yeah, before the Silex Blast, after the Silex Blast, was well, he there for it? I don't know. I'm I'm running a test. I actually have uh, some of our Borderlands uh, episode on paper inside of a chair in my apartment. Oh yeah. And um, whenever I touch it and it disintegrates, we'll know that's at least how long, that's how long it's, it's been. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah. I'd like to Brilliant. think, boys, canon that Karn's words, the words he spoke aloud to disintegrate some of the tomes, were just like hachi machi like yeah. just <laughs> the least the least considered epic thing on uh, the planet <laughs> i mean yeah he, he does make like a point before he steps into the workshop which is like a nice touch from the writer where he says like oh, i gotta stop talking to myself so much yeah which, okay. and and then like later on he's talking to himself and like a bad thing happens both of it i was like oh, that's a nice <laughs> little, nice little touch um so karn you know gathers up the stuff that he can that doesn't disintegrate the diagrams that he can salvage and he, he returns to uh check on his silex uh, this m- mysterious device made of an unfamiliar copper-like metal. Uh, it's kind of in his tent at like his base of operations in a chest that only he can open. Uh, can when he interact with it because he can control metal. Is the Silex like uncontrollable, spooky metal that he can't really yeah. interact with? Okay, so that's why exactly. he's obsessed with it. It's it's the only it's the only animal on the farm he hasn't been able to feed oats to. Sort of thing. exactly. Anytime he touches it, he gets like this weird sensation. Like he's unable to like build things to like replicate it or really like pierce through the metal, I guess. Okay. Um, cool. And he just like, he, he doesn't know the origin. He doesn't believe that, that Misha created it, that it was even created by the Thran. He's like, he says at some point, he's like, this came from somewhere else or something else. So he believes it's aliens. He's got the tinfoil hat back on, I guess. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it, in, in his tent at his little base of operations, Karn, Karn's reflecting on what needs to be done over a stack unanswered letters from Joyra. I only mentioned that it will come into to play later, later on. He's read these letters. He hasn't answered them. Okay. Uh, but he's got all these letters. He decides not to involve Joyra or any other planeswalkers in his, in his quest just yet, fearing that if he involved them, they would only fall to harm, the same affliction that had once been killing Venser before he sacrificed himself to restore Karn. Then, at some point, another excavator engine dies. So he's like, okay, cool. Fix one. You, you know, you've, you fixed one excavator engine. You fixed a million. Um, he goes to investigate. And what should he find but an oily black substance where the machine had been digging and where it had cut into the wall. Oh. Uh, he probes using his ability to detect metals, but finds instead that this oil is strangely organic. Karn realizes that the Phyrexians are indeed present on Dominaria and must be stopped at all costs. This is glistening oil. So this is the oil that kind of powers Phyrexian machines and what also 
turns humans into uh, machines, essentially. It's just yeah, like, I was going to say, they can kind of use it to, they use it to mutate things, mutate themselves, and, like, they can just take over a planet by, what, like, seeding it with glistening oil, which will then yeah. corrupt life around it, right? Just like a, it's like, you know, it's the, the idea of, like, oh, just a drop, and then it'll, like, you know, propagate like a like a bacteria, right? Like it'll just yeah. grow and like consume all its neighbors and continue. It's like the grow. black sludge too from like Alien Covenant that we had talked about a long time ago. That like they create the aliens with. It's just like a drop of it can like mutate somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Evil goo. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, so I have another quote for you guys. He could try to excavate the workshop. He could dig out the passage and return to his base camp. He could reach out to the others, but seeking help took time, and Carnu put others at risk. If he had learned anything during his long life, it was this. A single moment of inattention, of neglect, could leave an entire plane vulnerable to the Phyrexians. The Phyrexians were contained within the caves for now, and he with them. Good. He would not let Dominaria fall like Mirrodin once fell. He'd stop the Phyrexians. If he could not do that, he would attain proof enough that he could recruit reinforcement. Proof enough that Joyra and his fellow planeswalkers would believe him. Karn, Joyra would say, you were right all along. Um... I was reading that. Um, thank you guys for not interrupting my quote so far, by the way. But I was reading that and couldn't help but think about uh, a single moment of intention of neglect and <laughs> thinking of Jamie's lost WoW hardcore character. <laughs> 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 Which I guess listen to our bonus content yeah. if you want to hear Jamie's real gripes about it. But. Rip to UNICEF uh, made it to 46, which it's is real basically one. halfway and uh, had a mount, had almost 100 gold and it's all gone. But yeah, <laughs> anyways, I'm still, I'm still uh, uh, demoralizing. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warrior demoralizing shouted me right now because I'm yeah. just feeling real bad about it. But anyways, I like the yeah. idea of Karn talking to himself after discovering the oil. Like, like one, I hope because magic writing like sticks with me for like almost a decade now at this point. Right. We've been doing mm-hmm. this show like this thing that I have never played and have only contact through you with. Um, I like the writing is so good that it sticks with me that long. I really hope they don't do a like Galadriel in Rings of Power with Karn here where he's like, no, guys, I'm right. I have proof down the hallway. And then no one's like, no, man. You're crazy. There's no bad guys coming at all. Like it, this isn't a setup for that because so far the writing in Magic has been great, and that is a exhausting cliche. I with mean, like, I I haven't seen Rings of Power. I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but he did just think to himself like he's going to do this. He's going to do this solo. He's going to either stop the yeah. Phyrexians on his own, or he's going to uh, he's going to get enough proof that they're there that other people will finally fucking believe him. Basically. Well, that's it. Like the getting proof of the thing being there is like the setup for that show as well. And it, it is okay. a tiresome cliche. It's like the protagonist is the only person who knows, but like literally no one on earth believes anything they say for some reason, but only in this instance. I also like the, the idea he's like still talking to himself. There's just books disintegrating all around him. He's just like, oh, she's just going to be like, wow, Karn, you were so, so late. That's what she's going to say. I'm so right. <laughs> Uh, so Karn follows this tunnel. He, he like it, it, basically the excavator like broke into a tunnel wall uh, yeah. where like is an organic tunnel, and that's where the glistening oil comes from. Uh, he quickly encounters two human acolytes who are serving the Phyrexians pretty clearly. Uh, they have like all you know. One of them has like a metal jaw, and he just like twists it so that she can't can't scream or whatever. You know, uh, he subdues them due to his superior strength, but he does not kill them because he's got you know the Batman weakness, I guess. Okay. Um, he silences the acolytes. Acolytes continues his mission. <laughs> He's determined to confront, you know, the leader of the the Frexians here uh, and put an end to their plans. So what's, I have another quote. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Before we go to the quote, what's the Batman weakness? You don't kill. Don't yeah. kill. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. 
that's like it's always like damn if you just killed the joker dude you'd probably fucking save a lot of a lot of fucking yeah exactly yeah honestly um just use a gun batman just once honestly batman can control guns with his mind is what i'm (laughs) (laughs) only back so uh so i have another i have another quote for you guys i'll I'll post you two uh two images of characters whom we'll meet during this quote the tunnel opened into a vast cavern which echoed with the cacophony of human misery on the other side of the crevasse was the Phyrexian staging ground, located on a broad, flat area of the cavern floor. Ant-like workers scrambled across the rope bridges strung over the crevasse, ferrying meaty gobs, bloody cables, and chunks of flesh over to humans being complicated on surgical tables. On the opposite wall of the cavern, a Phyrexian portal ship cut through the darkness like an immense scythe. Coils hung from this structure. The twitching loop's membranous purple gleam reminded Karn of intestines. Sheoldred hung suspended in this morass. She was still. Tubes fed reddish and milky substances into her black segmented body. The mandibles that extended down from her thorax lay open, relaxed. Her humanoid torso, welded to the thorax's top, lay nested in a thick network of writhing inky lines. A horned mask obscured her face. Beneath her, worshippers clung together and raised their voices in an ecstatic paean. The defunct Phyrexian portal ship and Shieldred's sleeping form dominated the cavern. Acolytes in the gray robes of the Society of Mishra attended surgical machines that converted struggling people into Phyrexian abominations. Complicated monstrosities dotted the cavern's floor like grotesque artworks skittering on too many limbs. More acolytes stacked weapons beside a Phyrexian skyship. Teams of splicers scaled a dragon engine to repair it, so small that their welding torches seemed like white stars against the engine's metal skeleton. He'd found the staging ground of the Phyrexian invasion. Okay. Wow. Okay. I thought he was like looking for for clues. I didn't realize he was about to stumble on the on the fucking Pater, Indiana baby. Jones like fucking <laughs> Kali Ma situation down yeah. there. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, mean, that's I exactly just need what proof that there's a temple of doom. Oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this art, and I know we we don't want to get too deep in the weeds here. Uh, the, whatever. This doctor lady with the afro is very cool, but God. Damn it, are the Phyrexians neat? Yeah, just, the Phyrexians this, this are very, giant very cool. woman's torso hanging from the ceiling, held up by black tubes, is just like yeah. fuck. So it's good. like horns for eyes. And yeah, all sorts of cool. I it's love like, the Phyrexians. Just got that touch of like again, Alien. That touch of H.R. Geiger without being like it's still original enough. You can see like the one of the ingredients in the recipe of the whole thing, right? It's, yeah, exactly. It's cool. Art, art by that art is by Igor Kirilov. Yeah, the signature um, thing on all these pictures looks like a butt plug, though. What? The signature thing on all these pictures looks like a butt plug. Next to Igor's name. It's oh, little arrow sure. oh. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, it's like I a yin and yang butt plug. You know, there's I think it might be like the, the set, the set icon or something. I don't know. It, it is kind of looks like a butt plug, universe, maybe. Kind of looks like a fish. Hey, it's a, uh, you know, some people see the butt plug half full. Some people see the butt plug half empty. When really the butt is full the whole time. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> the realist knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the butt is full all along. <laughs> so amid this nightmarish tableau, a lone figure tends to children. A young woman donning the distinctive cloak of the Talarian Academy, Karn's alma mater. Karn notices a red dot from a mechanical eye that she possesses. She is deeply engrossed in her work, sorting through gruesome organic materials to support and repair children. So that the woman that the the red-eyed woman with the afro, she is like repairing children whenever Karn arrives. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Karn observes a disturbing process where the young woman is essentially mining these like intense monstrosities in the chamber for like fleshy bits to restore children's damaged biological components. 
So they're just, just like building Legos out of like meat mash, you know? It's just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. It's like, oh yeah, this one will fit here. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it's like she's dressing a deer basically, but like instead of removing the organs, she's taking out like bags of Lego that are inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, she's killing a deer and then putting all the deer livers into a big pile. Like, <laughs> 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 um, the, the one other thing to, to take note of in that, uh, in the the quote I just read you guys is they mentioned the society of Mishra, which is kind of this like society, which is presumably been allowed to continue in Dominaria. Maybe not like war, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not like it's like an open, but it's must've always been a criminal faction at the very least. I would assume I I didn't look into them at all, but they're, they're openly like working with the Phyrexians. It seems like Um, the society of Mishra. Um, Despite the urgency to alert the other planeswalkers, Karn realizes that he cannot leave this state down intact. He's like, he's like, I can, I should go back, go back and tell people, but like this is, they're doing too much here. Like it's going to take too long. I, I don't want any of these monstrosities to escape because there are like Phyrexian monstrosities kind of like running around. He resolves to destroy the Phyrexian before they can mount a defense. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit him, hit him with the surprise. You know, he raises his hand, visualizing the creation of a gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a gun that's actually a bomb. So he he literally just like imagines an incendiary device from scratch and just like brings the metal together to create a bomb. Does he like uh, pull it out of the walls or just just like he just he's just a magic yeah, answer basically? It, it wasn't clear. Um, okay, yeah, he's may, magic. It doesn't matter. Make yeah. it either. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he always rock. pulls it from under his cape. It's always there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he reaches behind Shieldred's ear and pulls out a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from behind her pile of ears. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> she's a pile of ears on the ground. Uh, <laughs> oh the, yeah, like reaching behind the, the pile of gore and ears, yeah. just like oh, a nickel. <laughs> the, the doctor's just got like a hand mirror, is like holding one ear up to children. Like you like this one? No, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like a barber. Yeah. <laughs> I like whenever he goes to like grab the bomb from one of the twelve ears. I like him like flipping through it like a dossier, like the ear Oh god, <laughs> right behind the seventh ear here. Kaboom. Um, so he uh, he just assembles this device and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow this blow this uh, this Phyrexian queen up, no problem, right? Just then, a sudden shrill klaxon blares through the cavern, disrupting the silence. Turns out, should have killed them, right? Uh, so chaos erupts and the cavernous acolytes hurriedly load weapons onto Phyrexian skyships. Surgeons transport their bloodied operating tables onto the vessels, and Phyrexian agents evacuate, abandoning the staging ground. So this flaxon is like, hey, wheels up, where we we've, we've been found out, like everybody out, yeah, complicated. Complicated Phyrexian monstrosities twitch to life, their metallic fibers extending from their bodies. In the midst of this turmoil, a red beam targets Karn's chest, and a bolt of energy whizzes overhead as he drops to the ground. So he gets the classic like sniper dot on his in the center oh, of his yeah, chest. Of uh, the Talarian woman, now equipped with a glaive and her mechanical eye, which can apparently shoot blast, laser blasts, uh, <laughs> sets herself before Karn in his way. Complete Phyrexian creatures converge on Karn, and the Talarian woman smiles confidently, placing her hand on Shieldred's immobile claw. It's so Shieldred's inert during all this; like she can't move, she's vulnerable, um, and like it's described very well, very evocatively. I'd say in the in the text where it's like 
this woman like place her hand as if like she's a doctor and you know like the like children's like on her in the hospital bed and just like needs a little bit of comfort it's just like very okay, like yeah. very jarring i guess uh it's like bedside manner next to all these monstrosities yeah. and a fight about yeah. to happen it's exactly like, yeah um yeah do nothing but harm it's just, <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. all <laughs> it's just like a sword through a snake yeah, and stuff. yeah. <laughs> uh, as uh as shakespeare said uh physician complicate thyself right uh um so karn's karn's like being faced by all these uh phyrexian monstrosities Ooh, zucchini uh he's being confronted by all these phyrexian monstrosities there's this very confident looking woman but she doesn't know he's got a he's got a trick up his sleeve a bomb he just right. moments ago willed into existence he's got a trick behind her ear a bomb yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So a narrow stone bridge provides the nearest access to Shouldred, but it's blocked by 12 worshippers and the Tolarian woman. He's got to fight his way through. Sorry, I really did take a big bite of... We could break if you wanted, man. I said, I said it out loud. I was like, they're going to vamp. You guys are stones. I know, this is a very tense moment. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I have so a little stone, got... and I'm very committed right now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I... Some... I... I was eating popcorn on the mic the last time, being like, ha ha, Ethan's not here to stop me. But it turns out he wouldn't have because he's doing the same thing. We're in our come town era of just eating on mic every episode. Now. I wouldn't stop you on your own episode. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm serving you, to you on my episode. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, so Carton summons his resolve, charges down the bridge towards Shelter's location. Shouldred's worshippers cease their chant, confront him, launching themselves at Karn in a desperate attempt to stop his advance. Pretty strong, though. Made out of metal. I have a question just about the actual setup here. Not to go from vamping to off-topic or, like, whatever. Um, You could have done this with eating zucchini bread. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, zucchini bread does sound good. Um, (laughs) They're underground in this cavern. They have a portal underground that they're coming through, right? There's, like, the Phyrexian transport portal you had mentioned or something like that. So there's like a uh, a transport ship, I guess. That, that's uh, they're not planes walking portals. They're yeah. like local portals. So they're like portals to other places in dominant areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a complicated hallway, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a, a, you need to have a portal to a restroom on um, monstrosity build site is just part of the regulation. Yeah, part of the right. union. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys might remember from like a long, long time ago, and Karn was pretty central to this one. Uh, but like, it used to be that kind of anybody could planeswalk. And then kind of the rules were sort of rewritten uh, so that you needed a planeswalker spark to planeswalk, essentially. Okay. I can't uh, say and that, that one. That, that's like, that is like canon, that is in the canon, I guess, um, that like you need one. So like these ships and things like that would never be able to, to planeswalk without like an active walker there, essentially. Right. Okay. Um, so Karn swiftly deals with the worshippers. He just kind of, just, it's described, he just pushes them off the bridge. Dummies. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then the the next like six like run up to him they all got these piercing weapons and he's like i'm made out of metal you dummies yeah. it's uh, it's the indiana jones the guy with the sword like does all the big moves him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pulls out the gun and just blasts yeah. him yeah um he he reaches children she begins to stir from her slumber her segmented lips tw- twitch into an arachnid like quality and her humanoid torso displays crude organic materials grafted onto it by the Talarian woman's efforts so I have a, a longer quote for you guys here. We're going to get the woman's name. Get it out of the way right now. They This is post-COVID-19. They did name this villain Rona. Just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My Sharona. <laughs> he strode to Shieldred. She hung limp with she hung limp within her cradle, but no longer quiescent. Her segmented limbs twitched like an arachnids as she emerged into consciousness. 
Her human torso atop her thorax shivered. Her long fingers reached downward to the young woman in the Talarian robes. But she did not seem aware. Not yet. Karn, the Talarian spoke with contempt. I've heard a lot about you. How so? Her gaze flicked, flicked to Shieldred's inert form, then returned to him. You aren't as impressive as I've been led to believe. Karn walked towards Shieldred, the insanitary vice in his hand. Who are you? Karn asked the Talarian. Why would you bring this here? Rona. And this, she gestured to Shieldred, is Dominaria's salvation. Mm. Rona positioned herself between Karn and Shieldred. Glaive held easy and at an angle in her palms. Rona's flash eye narrowed while her mechanical socket focused its laser onto Karn's torso. She flexed her, flexed her hands around her glaive. Its blade brightened, clack, crackling with blue electricity. She smiled. I do not wish to fight you, Karn told her. Too bad. The electricity danced across his body, sparking. Karn grimaced at the pain, but pushed through it, walking toward her as more waves rippled from its blade, pouring over him. Karn paused, dazed, and tried to shake off the agony as Rona continued to attack. She swung the glaive down, lodging it into his shoulder. Karn twisted, pulling it from her grip, and removed it from his body. He threw oh, it aside. A fucking badass. <laughs> While he was occupied, Rona unsheathed the dagger and jammed it into one of his abdominal seams. She dug it between the plates that allowed him to flex, as if searching for organs. Karn winced. Karn gripped her head in one of his hands. He pressed his thumb into the mechanical eye and shattered the raised lens. Rona shrieked and kicked. Karn tossed her into the wall. Bones crunched. Oh. She slammed into it, then fell to the ground. She curled her hands around her head, her leg at an angle unnatural to human beings. Oil and blood oozed from the broken mechanical parts in her eye socket. She glared up at him from between her fingers, her lips drawn into a rictus. Why don't you kill me? Rona taunted. Finish me off. I am not a weapon. So, he's not a weapon, but he would be a good one if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I, thought, I thought he was like, oh man, those, those two people I didn't kill earlier kind of like had me made. I'm just going to kill the <laughs> bitch this time, like crushing her skull. He's like, well, I'm not making that m- mistake twice. Just crush uh, your robot eye. Didn't crush the skull. Damn. Um, yeah, like so throwing and smashing all her bones against a cave wall. I, I was just like, oh, yeah, this she's so dead. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's also the classic like Batman. Batman writer writer's corner that you get into. It's like, oh, yeah, you left them like strung up in like a back alley for like God knows how long when somebody would find him just so you get like killed by like another mugger because it's Gotham or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't kill him, though. Um, so so Karn kind of like steps up to Shieldred. Uh, he's holding the incendiary, incendiary device with the intent to destroy her and end the Phyrexian threat on Dominaria. The quote continues. At his touch, Shieldred stirred. Her helmeted head craned down towards him. He could feel her with the same senses he used to determine the elemental composition of a compound. Her inorganic components stretched out before him like the pages in a book. Her biological parts lay like dark tumors nestled within the metal's luminescent glory. He could read her thoughts, some of them. Welcome, father. Shieldred whispered into his mind, one mechanical being to another, what plans I have for you. Karn recalled from her slimy whisper, stepping back, and he knew what she had done. Phyrexian sleeper agents lurked in every landed dominaria. These unknowing spies peppered throughout every government, throughout the military, throughout common people. He saw a brewer dumping hops into a vat, a spy. He saw a scribe sitting at a desk, her hand poised over a letter. He saw an adolescent playing chase with his cousins, pretending to be a monster when he was one. Phyrexian armature ready to explode from his back. Phyrexian agents were people's lovers, comrades, colleagues at work. They were everywhere. They could be anyone. Welcome, her whisper echoed within him. Welcome. This is a very good conspiracy because his whole they'll believe me when I prove it is like the root of the Great Awakening. Like it's the conspiracy <laughs> thing, right? But this one's this one's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it's just like all the the plants in like normal society. It's just like, no, 
like all these people have the same like hideous mechanical eye, but they've just like, <laughs> been blending in this whole time somehow. Like playing with your cousin, he's sixteen years old, you know, roughhousing a bit. It's like but there's yeah. no cousin with the mechanical eye. Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys, uh, so uh, do you guys notice like we go to the gym every day? Just that Ralph just started sweating black. <laughs> that... It's a new Gatorade flavor. The, the <laughs> yeah. oil is like sweating out oh, of his pores. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Didn't think yeah. you could hear us. Yeah. <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> Airports have non-metal detectors now and stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because they're going yeah, off every time. Phyrexian <laughs> TSA. It's like, sir, do you have any meat in your suitcase? He's like, oh shit, I did forget to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a perfectly packaged ground beef when you open it. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling through the x-ray, like the styrofoam tray comes up on the x-ray thing. It's like, I'm going to have to ask you to come to the side here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, take your belt off. Yeah. <laughs> you just oh. put you put the body to a pan, and if, every, if anything sizzles, then you're in trouble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Karn, you know, getting this, getting the welcome from her, and being called dad is like, well, it's a bit much. So jams a bomb into her body. Uh, determined to enter threat, but just as he gets it into her thorax, he becomes paralyzed. All his joints is locked, and he could not move. From his periphery, here's, uh, you know, two strikes, I guess. He, oh, he sees Rona, sure. still alive, dragging her shattered body towards a pile of Phyrexian machines once she had created herself. Um, and she's, she's there, she's got magic on him, and he's, he's paralyzed. As Karn struggles, Rona speaks. Your mistake, she says, was not killing me when you had the chance. We have expected your coming, Karn. We have prepared. Uh, yes, that was my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. She might be right this time. God, yeah. I wish I was a weapon sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, a, let's, okay, a hammer is not a weapon. It's a tool. It's a tool, but every once in a while, like, if you had a, like, I feel like a, 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 a tool could be a weapon, too, yeah. man. And it, doesn't he a look weapon, like a tool a right now? Be a tool. Enough bullets, you could cut through a piece of wood, no problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotta just shave a quarter America. like I shave a quarter inch off the end of a two by four and just bam like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean I think we talked about this back in the day sorry guys it's been a million years for me too but like Karn was created as a weapon by Urza and like he really came to loathe that and then he like went to school and he has this like whole arc where he's like oh you know like I just want to be like a real person and yeah, yeah, yeah. not just be a weapon so that, that's where this comes from that said like it's like dealing Batman dealing with a Joker Karn dealing with the Frexians just fucking kill these people <laughs> like they, <laughs> they just need to die because they're trying to destroy all life you know um, so Karn fights so hard to move uh, against this paralysis that he, he ends up feeling the metal of his body bend. It seems like it's the joints that are paralyzed and he like forces the engine so much that he, he feels like the very metal of his body start to like shear and break. Um, Rona v- reveals that the Frexians are evacuating their forces from the compromised staging area and retreating to secondary bases across Dominaria, rendering Karn's efforts to thwart them futile. Um, I have another quote for you guys. I didn't want to keep doing quotes, but they're just too cool. Uh, <laughs> this one's a bit body horror-esque. But uh, Rona sorted through the heaped parts she'd been using to repair children. She lifted up a node, smiled, and set it aside. With a grimace, she dug her fingers into her damaged eye socket and yanked out the ruined node, exposing raw tissue and a piece of gleaming skull near her eyebrow. A gout of clear liquid spurted out. She clicked the new node into place. Roars boomed through the cavern. Rock sifted down, pinging against Karn's body. That, Rona said, was the sound of our ships evacuating our forces from this staging area, which has been compromised and retreating to a secondary staging area. We have many bases across Dominaria. 
you will not find them all. Rona drove her glaive into her leg. She grunted, slicing through her clothing and her flesh. Her eyes teared, even the eye she'd replaced dripping. Panting, she bared her muscle and her broken bone to the cavern's air. Why don't you make a mechanical eye that can cry? <laughs> I think it's more like the duct is probably still there, right? Okay. Self-lubricating. And also, it's, yeah, okay. it's called poetry, Peter. And there was uh, some <laughs> clear, like, clear liquid in there already, too. It might, presumably might just still be dripping because she just shoved an eye in and it was already gushing clearly. Exactly, like, exactly. Whatever eye is still damp, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like cerebral fluid? <laughs> bone or like null, juice, uh, null oil know. or whatever. Yeah. Or glistening oil, excuse me. I keep saying null oil. That's paint. It's my I bad. was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you said it with such conviction, though. I wasn't going to question it's a Warhammer uh, paint. <laughs> so she continues to speak. She's taunting Karn with the inevitability of Dominaria's transformation. Uh, Karn, still armed deep in Shildred's torso, could feel clicking vibrate along his body. Shildred split apart, dividing herself up in pieces. Her segments broke away, each piece sprouting a dozen Viridian segmented legs. The swarm poured over Karn, using him as a bridge to the floor. The spider-like creatures ran along Karn's arms, down his back and torso, the backs of his knees, his calves. The tink-tink-tink of their metallic claws reverberated through him. A tarantula-sized piece sprang free from the cables onto Karn's face. It clung to his head, twitching, a heart-like nugget of flesh grafted into the center of its modified thorax. It crawled over his head. He could feel its wet body slither down his back. It dropped to the floor and scampered away. I may not be able to stop you, Urza's creation said, but I can prevent you from stopping us. So, uh, she's chill. She kind of discloses the fact that she's like, you know, Phyrexian transformation is path to perfection baby i'm i'm you know i'm one of those people that was like hey life was shittier before but this is great i get to be a part of something all right um <laughs> and she's, she's also rebuilding herself like and making fun of it the same like hacking yeah. a leg off to replace exactly. it with something else right exactly um she she uh references the mirans like the refugees who had come to mirrodin karn's <laughs> world and who were turned into phyrexians eventually uh, and it's like see they had it great they got to become phyrexians right um this entire time, Karn is slowly fighting his... Like, her entire time, she's monologuing. She has the same villain uh, weaknesses that Batman villains have, or, or, you know, a lot of villains in media have. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's monologuing. Uh, he's fighting his paralysis. He feels the magic wearing thin. He's slowly overcoming the force, uh, holding him in place. I got one more quote for you guys before we go to break. Rona flipped a switch on the wall. There was a small grating noise, then a series of booms overhead. The roar as the cavern fell engulfed him. Tons of rock poured onto him. A boulder rolled off the cavern's wall, then bounced to his chest it tossed him onto his back he stared up at the collapsing cavern still paralyzed by rona's device rocks sheeted down fist-sized pieces hammered into his body smaller pebbles thunked and plinked against him rolling and filling in the gaps his vision turned gray from dust then blackened out as the stone obscured all light the rock weighed upon him he could feel rona's spell ease he could move or at least beneath all this stone he could attempt to move to twitch a finger for whatever good it did him not even he could lift this stone not even he could dig his way out from this cave-in the crushing layer of rock was too heavy even for him to shift. Karn reached for the spark that allowed him to planeswalk. It burned within him, hot and bright, such a perpetual companion that he had ceased to notice it. If he could just focus and... It didn't work. Nothing happened. Karn reached out with his special senses through his fingertips and analyzed the surrounding inorganic materials. Olivine, granite, quartz, mica, ordinary stone, but with all the ancient interplanar and Phyrexian technology providing a low-grade interference, he could not planeswalk away. He was trapped. Only he knew that children had come to Dominaria, and he could warn no one. More on that after the break. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. 
And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Time trickled away more slowly than the grains of sand settling between the rocks. The fine particles sifted into Karn's joints. He didn't know how long he had lain there, pinned in the dark. Was it days or weeks that had passed? What if months had flown away, like a small and startled bird? What if it was longer? Years, decades, eons? No, he could not think of it. No one would miss him. No one, would know, no one knew where he had gone. He should have told someone. He should have at least told Joira or Jaya. If he had told them, they would have known where to search, neither freed him or seen the Phyrexians themselves. What if the Phyrexians were the ones to find him? Would it be worse if no one found him? He might wait alone forever in the darkness, in the silence. Sand trickled down. A scrabbling noise, maybe claws grating on rough stone. A weight lifted away from his hand, exposing it to the chill air currents. He could move his fingers. Relief shot through him, a pang more powerful than the blind eternities. He stretched his fingers, marveling at the freedom of this small movement, the ability to make any movement. Something warm and soft touched his fingertips, organic, impenetrable to his senses. Not Phyrexian. Gentle, thoughtful. He was found. The warmth left his fingertips. Had Had his rescuer departed? The scratching quickened. Rocks grated, pebbles cascaded. Clunks as large rocks tossed away landed. The burden on him lightened. Karn strained. The material around him budged, shifting at the pressure of his enormous strength. Karn exercised the powerful mechanisms in his torso, pushing himself upright. Rocks poured away. He heaved himself up slowly. He wanted to take care not to hurt his rescuer with any stray stones. As his efforts increased, the scratching noise ended. Footfalls retreated as his rescuer stepped clear. Karn would have to... trust that they had moved to a safe distance. Karn hauled himself to his feet. Stone poured off him, and he was free. The warm air caressed his body. He rolled his shoulders, reveling in their movement. The tumbling rock kicked up a gray haze. He shook the fine particles from his body and wiped clean his eyes. A Johnny stood in the tunnel, his fur a striking white in the torchlight. Yay! The pupil of his unscarred, pale blue eyed glinted in the nocturnal hue of a nighttime predator. His shoulders had a proud set to them, like he was pleased he'd found Karn. He granted Karn a friendly, closed-lipped smile. Uh, so this is exactly I, how sleep apnea goes. Welcome back for the break, but <laughs> you, you start. You got to start with the fingers, then you go to the hands, and then I, I someone in the Discord said they I've helped them with with sleep or not sleep apnea or sleep paralysis. Uh, paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So whenever you're 
Jamie, this is the snoring lore uh, episode, <laughs> and Jamie's here to help you with your sleep it, apnea. First thing you gotta do is gotta get all those rocks off your chest. Yeah. It's not helping anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't no, don't it, worry about the thing grabbing your hand. It might be a, a monster, but it yeah. might also be a friendly furry. Okay. Exactly. So. <laughs> if you ever have sleep paralysis and you are really nervous because you can't move anything, start with the fingertips, move to your hands, move to your arms, and eventually you can push yourself up in bed and you'll feel all the joy that um that our friend here just felt because uh, you're you're still alive and you can move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously, the because real. of the day we're recording, hauling Karn out of the rubble, I was just like, the the warmth on his hand was like a New York firefighter. He's like, you're gonna be okay, buddy. We're getting you out of the rubble. <laughs> <laughs> it is Steve Monday, Buscemi. September. Yeah, <laughs> Steve yeah. Hey, man, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Or I also think it's just like a raccoon that was like digging through the rubble and like the warm pad of the hands that he found was just like a raccoon searching through garbage. He'd been there for yeah. centuries. Uh, uh, so I welcome was, back. Welcome I was back thinking I was still in bed for that whole part. So I was like, that softness, that's a titty. You're just laying with a lady there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. I wonder what it feels like. Does I've never felt like one. Bad either, um, so welcome back. Perhaps you guys will remember from our Elspeth episodes that people were searching for Karn for like a long, long time. There's Before... some kind of thing called the quest for Karn that we may have covered at some point. Yeah. So the novel, the quest for Karn by Robert B. Wintermute was released in 2011. Uh, so oh. they looked for, they looked for him for a long, long time. Eventually found him at the center of Meriden, uh, as Peter alluded to earlier in this episode. Uh, and then it turns out he just went and got lost again. Freaking disappeared under a big old pile of rock for a while, you know. Air tag on this motherfucker, you keep losing it. So it's it's funny you meant you funny you say that because maybe somebody did, huh? Maybe how else did they find him? I wonder. Uh, He cut off his own arm and found someone in the desert after 174 Uh, hours or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) like James Franco did. Yeah, Yeah. I was imagining a disembodied Karn arm walking around like thing from the Adams family, (laughs) laying down and like trying to ASL directions to the person who found him. Yeah, this way, this way, pointing aggressively. No, now Pete uh, mimed the arm walking around like a spider. Like yeah. just a hand walking, like thing from the Adams family. I was picturing kind of doing it like a worm, you know, like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's how I, I was that. Yeah. No. I. 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 I thought the guy was going to move, not the arm. You guys. Are <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you got me. Uh, so uh, back in the day. <laughs> okay, I'm getting, I'm getting the silly wave from Peter telling me to just continue on with the magic story. Uh, so back in the day, he'd eventually been found and rescued by Elspeth and the gang, uh, and was saved by Venser's sacrifice. Uh, right. Now, at the heart of a very old storyline in the magic universe, in the caves of Koilos, Karn finds himself trapped again for months. Uh, we find out that he was down there for months okay. while the the Frexians continued plotting and usurping and planting and uh, mentoring and candidating. Uh, being a robot and not needing food or water or air meant that Karn, all he could do was just lie helplessly, crush tons of stone, unable to planeswalk while the Phyrexians were making moves in Dominaria. It's a Janny Goldman who would come to his rescue, the Leonin planeswalker who had once traveled with Elspeth in search of Karn. He is also from Alara, uh, from one of the shards of Alara. Don't remember which one. Don't at me. Um, he's, I, I called him a furry earlier. He's a cat person. They're quite tall. They're like seven or eight feet tall. I think typically, uh, Karn's taller. He's a a big old golem, right? Right. Um, so, uh, he, he finds Karn. They had, uh, he had searched, he had traveled with Elspeth in search of Karn originally, 
but he left the group before they found him, before they went to Meriden. So he wasn't there the first time they found him, but I guess his quest for Karn never really stopped. And here he is. Cool. Uh, so it, it turns out that the letters Joyra had been sending to Karn had tracking magic on them. Oh. So, she, so she's a fucking fed, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> also, it's uh, good that he doesn't recycle, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna, one more, one more breakthrough I'm gonna go for. And then I got a bunch of letters to toss. And yeah. that's why he's here, right? But yeah, <laughs> she is a fed. Just like emailing him GPSs constantly. Yeah. Just like, emailing him huh. tags, exactly. Like. <laughs> uh, so, Car- and, you know, she had told uh, Ajani that, and Ajani had gone to find him, had found the camp, and had eventually found, like, the ruins, and started digging, I guess. And that, like, little tin that she sends to him, and just, like, it just, on the cover of the tin, just says, accept cookies. He's like, ooh, I love cookies. And that's, like, <laughs> cracking the whole time. Yeah, just, like, like <laughs> <laughs> little antenna that's, like, spinning on his on the top of his head, little satellite just is spinning on the top of his head at all times, just, like, buzzes for a moment, and then continues on, like, business as usual. Uh, so, Karn and Johnny decide to return where Karn's camp was months ago, as Karn wonders if the Silex is still there. Uh, when reaching his camp, Karn did not check the box, which one con- once contained the Silex right away. Ajani was with him, and despite the fact that the Leonin had literally tunneled into a mountain to recover Karn's trapped form, the Golem did not trust Ajani with the knowledge that he had the Silex. It's like, so he has like a decoy shoebox that he keeps it, the Silex in, and he's just like, let me check the big safe on the wall. <laughs> Oops, not in there. You go check somewhere else. And he goes like just like pulls it up between his mattresses. <laughs> like that, that's, oh, thank God for that's that. Like almost exactly what happens. Like he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't even lead on that like he has it and he's not saying like oh I'm gonna look for it somewhere. Like he he's just like he, there's no mention of it. Nobody knows that he, he had this I like. Okay, okay. Um maybe Joyra did. I, I didn't actually see mention, but Johnny definitely had no idea that he had it. And he he literally like he walks around the the his camp. He's like, oh, it's all my stuff still here. Oh, yeah. oh, my favorite plate. Oh, yeah, that's still here. Oh, Rubik's cube. Yeah, okay. Hands very high on his body. He's like, yeah. <laughs> a pile of catnip over there. Oh, yeah, still still here. Yeah, still here. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, hmm, strange box, strange lockbox that only I can open. That's under my desk. Pick it up. Yeah, I'm sure whatever's in there is still in there. And then he just puts it back under his desk, basically. <laughs> he basically just like picks up the box and like senses the silex in it and then just like puts it back under the desk, essentially. Um so uh he uses his metal detecting senses to determine if they're if it was still there, while he explained to a Johnny what he had seen. For the two of them, planes walk away to try and warn the leaders of Dominaria. He brings the silex with him, he goes back to get it later, I'm not sure. Um does he is he is he still carrying like the null noise? Uh, null noise. I keep fucking saying it. The glistening <laughs> oil. Is he bringing no. it with him as evidence or anything? Okay. No. So he brings no evidence. Which Pete, if only you were there, because boy <laughs> are boy are they not going to believe him. Well, this is a whole fucking conspiracy thing. He's just like, wow, evidence that there's a conspiracy. What's he going to do? Just like barge into the police station, point at the secretary, and be like, her, she's a Varexian. Like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> You're crazy. Um. So. Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe like maybe bring up a good point that they like it was months since they left. Maybe they like up and left with like all the evidence right, of yeah. the of the fact that they had once contaminated it because now that you say it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't know why he didn't just say, "Let's just yeah. go there." 
Um, they use the big magnet off of Nico Bolas's dead head to just pick up all the metal and leave, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> which is a joke from five years ago or six yeah. years ago now. Yeah, more modern, more modern than magic. the yeah, more modern <laughs> than the Urza and Yogmoth episodes, but yeah. still very dated. Yes. Uh, so um, they they're like, Karn's like, hey, we have to we have to warn people. Uh, Johnny's like, hey, there's like a UN meeting going on right now. It, was, it wasn't a UN meeting. There was like peace talks being negotiated between like these two um these two con- dominarian countries essentially okay um and and <laughs> you cut off at the wrong part when i mean you're like cut <laughs> dominarian country <laughs> <laughs> you don't dom- like cunt the dom. countries man okay <laughs> <laughs> dommy cunts please um <laughs> so johnny and karn crashed the nego- negotiations which featured the leaders of the countries of keld and benelish we talked about keld a little bit don't need to worry about it uh, as oh, well I as- know Benelish. It is uh, Luxembourg, Belgium. <laughs> Nel- Belgium, and Netherlands, right? Yeah, Be- yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Benelish and definition make them grow so crazy. Uh, Benelux, uh, yeah, okay. Benelux, yeah, yeah. The the bar in Montreal. Uh, no, no, Benelux <laughs> is the name for those three countries combined. Silly, yeah, maybe it uh, is. I've done reports on it. Book reports. Book report uh, on the bar. Okay, so we've got <laughs> Keld, we got Keld and Benny Lux, uh, as well as the Archmage, Archmage Joda, and his once apprentice turned planeswalker Jaya Ballard. So these are kind of the there's the you know the two countries, all the representatives, the leaders of the countries, and then there's this these arbiters, Archmage Joda, and his and this other arbiter, <laughs> this planeswalker. Is he a little green guy? Does he talk funny? Joda? No, I can no. send you. A, I do have a picture of Joda. Just he's like me. he's just like a Yoda with a Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> <Joda. laughs> I wish I could do a good Yoda with a Spanish yeah, I was accent. Trying to think what that would sound like because I could do like like Spain Spanish. He's like yeah. there is no try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it. What would it be? Uh, ma- madre puta di. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, very good. Uh, so, so uh, Johnny and Karn show up. There's Spanish Yoda sitting there, uh, brokering some peace talks. They warn everyone of the. They're like, guys, stop the peace talks. There's, there's a bigger issue than world peace going on. Okay, there's freaking Phyrexian monsters on Dominaria. Uh, everyone's, everyone's pretty stunned into silence. Like they all remember. Don't you like, cut me off, Spanish Yoda. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> This is <laughs> celebrate. I must for Milo de Cinco. So, um, every everyone's stunned in silence. People remember the Phyrexian invade, the first Phyrexian invasion of Dominaria. So, this is kind of like the the resurgence or the the next arc of Phyrexians in the Magic storyline, where it took a long break to deal with the Gatewatch and Nicol Bolas and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but in the past, the Phyrexians had invaded uh, Dominaria before. And I think that was like when they made the change that like things couldn't planeswalk unless they were a planeswalker. Like in canon was uh, kind of as a re- I don't know if it, remember if it was a direct result of that or something like that. But um, I, I don't remember. But everybody remembered. Everyone in Dominaria remembers the Phyrexians, even if they don't directly remember. Like they've all heard heard stories or like read the history books. Right. Um, so everyone's everyone's kind of stunned into silence. 
but it wouldn't be a good story if there wasn't some conservative in the room to loudly proclaim, proclaim that climate change isn't real, right? <laughs> uh, so that's that's Joda, the Archmage. Well, Carter now, didn't bring any climate into the conference as proof, right? He left all the climate <laughs> behind in that cave that he had mined into. Exactly. So it couldn't prove so that anything had happened. Takes, takes a glass of glistening oil and like puts it in front of the Archmage. Like, well, would you drink that? This is coming out of my, my taps at home. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so I, I posted a picture of the the conservative uh, tight lip there for you guys. While I, I read you a quote from "Sand in the Hourglass" by Langley Hyde, yeah, I've walked this sitting cross-legged and hovering above the ground is not how I imagined a conservative. Actually, yeah. of, with a bunch of like multicolored orbs behind him, yeah. very much. He's not kind of petite. He's kind of petite. Yeah. It's like a, like Ben Shapiro vibes, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah longer hair. He's yeah. an archmage. He's he's very old. He's kind of like uh, he doesn't age because he's such a powerful archmage. He's not a planeswalker, but he, magic he, doesn't he, care he, about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he uses like magic to keep himself looking like Ben Shapiro, like just stay young forever. But this is a choice. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm using magic to make put Ben Shapiro's face on uh, on porn. Um, <laughs> also called AI. Fake. Yeah, <laughs> look at this deep cuck. <laughs> so I have another quote for you guys from Sand in the Hourglass, the second the second story in the Dominaria United. I've walked this plane for millennia, Joda said, and I've read the stories, examined the histories. I have visited the ruins. I tell you this not to boast, but so that you know I speak the truth. The Phyrexians cannot traverse the blind eternity. Shieldred has traveled between planes, Karn said. Only planeswalkers can do that now. Joda pinched the bridge of his nose. If I recall, Karn, that is a reality you helped usher in. Um, so again, I didn't look into what exactly it was, but they did like canonically change like something happened in the universe to change the fact that now only planeswalkers can planeswalk right. and joda is kind of using and karn had some part in it and now joda is saying like we did it you did it dude you fixed it so that the phyrexians can't do that and karn's being like yeah but it didn't like it didn't work like why don't you I trust me like, yeah. yeah clearly something went wrong because they they done did it uh there was however a young guppy liberal named stem then, excuse me who did believe karn and had indeed been warning of phyrexian sleeper cells for some time so i picked uh, post you guys a picture of Sten, who does look like a young guppy liberal. He does, yeah, huh. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's appropriating those clothes. If I'm being honest, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be. He might be Latin. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that's that's Spanish Yoda. That's what he looks like now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's th- three white guys on a podcast just evaluating the color of a guy's skin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's our new theme song. I've been working on it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the young upstart is shushed, and Karn and Ajani are forced to leave the table without the support of the UN. So everyone's like, you know what? Archmage is right. They can't. Fricks, you just can't planes. Why, Karn? You're so silly. You're so scared. You're so spooked, Karn. Don't you understand? You, you and Climate change is happening. Counterpoint. It isn't. Well, that guy's probably right, actually. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, you, you got to understand, Karn. The implications of if climate change is real is really scary and probably hard to deal with. So let's say that it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my friend around the room. Yeah, yeah, some glistening oil baron like pushes, turns his robot eye around into the, <laughs> the proper eye. Yeah. No, I say, I say, I have been mining for oil only in the safest of caves. I have not known no problem this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more than you know, huh? <laughs> Uh, so Karn uses a scrying device he invented, which lets him imagine a person and conjure their image and their real world location data. So he's like a Fed's wet dream, I guess. He is. Yeah. I, I don't know. He just he just dreams this device up, like you know. 
I can make a bomb. I can make a gun. I can make, you know, the TSA. I can see N- you when you're the NSA. Yeah. Sorry. The NSA. I see you yeah. when you're sleeping. I see you when you're awake, when you're bad or good. So uh, don't make metal monstrosities for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That old gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with meticulous precision, Karn conjures an ethereal image of Joyra. Uh, he sees kind of where she is, this distant place called Shiv, uh, where she's tending to her arcane craft. However, a stark realization strikes him. While he wanted to use this, you know, this scrying orb to find the Phyrexians, he realizes the ominous figure of Shouldred remains elusive, shrouded in a sinister veil of protection woven by the Phyrexians, further emphasizing the gravity of their threat. So, like, they've, they've accounted for this. They're like, this guy can dream up any, any government body's technology. So he's going he's gonna to dream up the NSA's technology and he's, they're going to wiretap our phones. So we got to cut all the phone, phone, pull all the phone, phone lines out of the, out of the walls. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, defrost all the meat in your freezer. and yeah, exactly. it's just, like, yeah. got it, got it, got it. just classic. Take another bump of Frex, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm going to, going to scry on, on children and then we'll know where they are. But it also like, he doesn't like, it, it's described when he like, um, Scries on Joyra, he doesn't picture her face or her like physical appearance. He kind of like knows her essence and he knows her super intimately, so that's how he can do it, which like obviously he doesn't have that connection with Shouldred either. Yeah, just I don't know how so neck it. down. It's like Karn, her tits aren't that big. He's like, I was <laughs> <laughs> so he is doing this with a Johnny in the room, so you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it's like her essence. It was just gonna be her like brony, like like her just in like a a, a, a pony little dance there. It'd be very yeah. Cool. yeah, her her true essence. Yeah, yeah. the brony, of course. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> looks over her shoulder, sees like the the scry coming from the other room. Like, oh god, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Um, so they decide they're, they're like, okay, we're going to go. We're oh, so, actually, no, sorry. There was a, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I missed it. I missed it. Uh, so they, they go back to the negotiations. They go back and forth a few times, but they go back to the negotiation room. They're like Johnny and Karn talk. They're like, okay, we can't scry. We need to try and convince everybody once more. If we can get Jaya alone, cause she's reasonable and we're friends and she's a planeswalker and she can see the big picture outside of just like the, cause like the, the people there are very worried. Like, uh joda is saying like hey even if they are real like i don't really believe that they are but whatever current if they are real like let's deal with the immediate threat which is like pending war or like ongoing war between these two nations where people are like actively dying rather than your boogeyman that you've shown up with like we have to deal with we have to broker this peace first and like make sure that both sides are like feeling good about it before we um before we deal with with your thing okay right okay um but they're like, okay, if we can get Jaya, she can see the big picture. So like, let's go back, hang out, and then when we have a moment alone, we can we can talk to her. So they're back in the in the negotiation room, and as they're standing there, Teferi, another planeswalker, appears on the scene. So he just like planeswalks from somewhere else, bringing bad news from Kamigawa, dudes. I was just there. Yeah, I was gonna you... say it's a very familiar name. Like I recognize <laughs> that one. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the one who called Karn uh, Artie Shovelhead. He's the one okay. who gave him that name. Right. So they went to the Tolarian Academy together. Very powerful uh, planeswalker. He created, um, you guys will kind of, he like protected the uh, Tolarian Academy in like a bubble for like a good while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy. Uh, so he's like, guys, you won't believe this. I just got back from Kamigawa. There's fucking Phyrexians there. And they can totally planeswalk you guys. Uh, everyone believes to 
instantly. Karn has a uh, Karn has a real what the fuck moment yeah. <laughs> as, as everyone jumps to immediate action in response to his second end account. Um, there is a I, I don't know if it's here or, or like in a little bit, but there's this like great line which I didn't include include the quote, but it's like they had just finished like brokering the peace. And like one of the representatives, like I want to talk about this like uh, mutual defense pact that we signed or whatever. Now that like Phyrexians are invading, they're like, I, we don't want to come protect you guys if the Phyrexians attack. Oh my god! Because <laughs> we need our own people. They're like instantly like trying to back out of the contract. I thought it was funny. Um, to to ferry, um, like Karn and Ajani are like, oh, okay, like that's crazy. It's good that everyone believes us now. Karn still like has like kind of fucked up guys that you don't believe me just because Golem. Um, <laughs> He so they they're they're leading uh Teferi out. Uh and Teferi lets Karn just Karnan and Johnny know, not the entire group, that Tamio had been captured and completed by the Phyrexians, which is how we ended our, our Kamigawa arc was Tamio, the planeswalker with the rabbit ears, had been right, captured yes. by the Phyrexians and turned into a Phyrexian, which would had hitherto never been done. Like they'd never completed a, a planeswalker before. That's you know. They they were using Tezzeret to planeswalk. That's how they got the three yeah, to the, he was like their the planes, right? He wouldn't yeah. actually. Yeah. But now that they have a now that they have a complicated planeswalker, they can probably just do it themselves. They probably don't need the puppet anymore. Right. Uh, um. Decisively, Karn's like, "Oh, I gotta go to my room." Uh, <laughs> runs to his room. Uh, grabs the Silex. Joy runs there with her big tits, just like. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, no, out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> just walks, walks right there. She's still just a vision. Like, he forgot the porn playing on his, on his hotel room TV. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he runs, to his, he runs to his room or his tent. I don't actually remember which. Uh, he grabs the Silex and he's like, planes walks to, he's like, where can I, where can I take it? And he's like, Joyer's workshop. It'll be safe. Uh, you know, no one will find it there. He planes walks. He like, has to go far enough away so that Ajani and Teferi won't detect him planeswalking. So he like he runs for a bit and then he planeswalks to her uh, workshop and then heads into her workshop. You know, quick beanie, no problem. Uh, super not problematic when like you know it's this the uh, robot golem with one person he's ever loved probably is just like quickly beanieing into her place. Uh, oh, yeah, right now he's like he had the powers of the NSA. Now he's got the powers of the FBI. Where yeah, he's like exactly. evidence with the other people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he places it in a closet behind the dustiest pipes he can find. Okay. Uh, no, on his way, these pipes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> on his way out, it's like first thing in the morning. So like, like just before dawn, uh, he runs into Sten, the, the guppy liberal mage that, right, that yes. I sent you guys. Uh, and Sten is like, uh, the one person who's like, yeah, you know, like you're right. Sten is also from like another country that wasn't the uh, the two that were actively at war. He was kind of just okay. like another member of the UN. And he's like, hey, me and my king, like we back you. We believe the Phyrexians are the real biggest threat or whatever. I haven't actually read the rest of the story just yet. Uh, while I go through it, I'm like, this guy's fucking sus as hell, man. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's freaking sussy back. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we got your back. back. Blue no magic. Exactly. Um, but I don't think it's uh, so it, it's early in the morning. He and Ajani, he, he planes walks back. He and Ajani managed to isolate Jaya finally to confer with her before the UN resumes session. Uh, the, during like during the last day, every time they went to like the UN quarters, Karn was like obsessed with this like bird, this thrush that was just like hanging out on the window. So Ajani and Ajani and Karn um, decide that they're they're going to go back to the negotiating table. Um, but first, they're going to talk to Jaya. They managed to they managed to get her 
on her own. And the whole day before, um, they had seen this. Uh, Karn had been like watching this bird every time they're in the negotiations. Karn is right, just yeah. like obsessively watching this bird, right? Um, and he's like, "Well, this is weird. Birds aren't real. Something's going on." No, it okay. is. It is a fucking spy thing. From the- <laughs> it is the basic information recording device, right? Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, have, I, have a qu- I have a quote for you guys now. The thrush was not even pretending to peck at invisible crumbs. Karn sees the bird. I know what you are. Karn, Jaya said. The bird's chest peeled open and cables shot out. The cables, slick with blood and slime, wrapped themselves around Karn's head. Goose slipped down his skin and a maw at the tentacle's core searched along Karn's cheek for purchase, its teeth scraping down the smooth metal. Karn readjusted his grip around the creature's slippery body, trying to pull it off from his face. But its wires had wrapped all the way around his head, locking together in a thick tangle at the nape of his neck. The creature's teeth caught on Karn's lip. It jabbed needle-like protuberances into him like it wanted to inject him with some substance, and the needle snapped. It's too close to Karn, Jaya shouted. I can't blast it. Let me, Ajani said. Slime sloughed off the creature and sizzled on Karn's skin, corroding his metal. It hurt. The creature snaked its tentacles between the joints on Karn's neck and around his collar as if trying to prise him apart. Karn grunted and squeezed his fingers between the creature's slippery body and his face. He forced it off of him, flinging it across the room where it smacked against the opposite wall and slid down. The creature caterpillar crawled toward the door. Fairy raised his hands, slowing the creature with a blurring feel to prevent its rapid escape. Ajani lunged forward and pierced the creature with his claws, pinning it to the floor. It shrieked and writhed. Acid spurted from the wound. Karn, face still streaming from the creature's corrosive slime, held out both hands, one over the other. He generated a birdcage, built it upwards until the bars united into a dome. Ajani ripped the monstrosity from the floor and flung it into the cage. It rattled the bars, screeching. So, Still not killing yeah. things, eh? <laughs> well, okay, so good reason for this one at the very least karn's like maybe the fucking bureaucrats the fucking politicians next door this is his this is his glass of fracking water right that yeah, he's like right, i'm gonna yeah. make, i'm gonna yeah. make that fucking exxon exact drink now <laughs> yeah that, the real reason that uh, birds have hollow bones is it's like the inside of a needle uh to put yeah, to put exactly. goo inside of you to turn your hypodermic yes. bones yeah exactly. hypodermic <laughs> bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i also love the fact that like the phyrexians have put have like infiltrated human society with their spies but they fucked up the bird or yeah. it, like, the bird wasn't convincing enough right yeah right it's just it's just too obvious uh okay so i got one final quote uh to wrap us up and bring us into next week um karn placed the phyrexian bird on the granite negotiating table joda leaned toward it his eyes widening the creature in the cage hissed at him Aaron Capuchin looked sick. His Benelish knights had not moved, their discipline ironclad. Rada stared at it, eyes glittering. Her warriors had broken out into muttered prayers. Sten's lips had thinned in satisfaction that his point was made. They're here, Joda murdered. Among us. <laughs> I, to- I told you, Sten said. Three of the Benelish knights exploded outward from their armor. Their eyes burst open in a shower of glistening black oil and their jaws distended. Metal teeth emerging from their flesh stud their gaping maws. Metallic fibers wriggled out from between the gaps in their armor. One of the creatures swung, swung toward the granite table, his clawed hands drawn together in a double fist. It slammed its hands down on the granite table, cracking it in two. The negotiations are over, said. Oh man! Then he killed everyone invented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to linger on it. I, I could. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm ending the episode with an amogus. I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone, our brains are just broken. There. They are. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. The internet is a curse. Yeah. I I love also the fact that you've got Phyrexian agents in hiding for years, months, whatever, and this one is just like, 
I'm going to say it when I transform in the UN. I'm going to say the negotiations are over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all of them are just like, yeah, okay, man. He's like, I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> the negotiations are over. He's like, I can't all that planning for nothing. <laughs> so I, I actually didn't, I didn't touch on it earlier in the episode just because I thought it was like a good reveal at the end of the episode. And I thought this kind of buried the lead a little bit, but it, um, they they talk about specifically like in the story it's good i don't think i could have brought it up without you guys maybe guessing that this would have happened but okay. they mentioned that like none of the sleeper cells are aware and they specifically go into like oh yeah they wouldn't be aware that they're this is going to happen to them so these these like like these humans are like their memories are wiped so they just don't remember that they were kidnapped and subjected to horrid experiments and then they're just like put back in their home with their wife and kids and are like yep you gotta go to work today you know oh, that's crazy. Uh, un until something happens that threatens phyrexia and then they they pop off essentially nice yeah, so that was Dominaria United Part 1. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm hoping to get this wrapped up in just a two-parter, but I've only done two out of the five stories so far. So if my track record is anything, it'll be at least three, probably. And we'll see if I we'll see if I tangent to another magic story in the meantime. Right? Why make promises? You know what? We're, we're talking about this story. It'll take us however long we want it to take. Yeah. But if you like the episode and want to hear more, consider joining the Discord and letting me know there or leaving a review on your podcast app of choice. It's the best way uh, that we have of getting the show to grow, except for the even easier way of doing it, just talking with your friends about the show. Uh, and if you think they'd like it, then uh, we'll get a new listener. Hopefully, yeah, poison them just like these sleeper cells. Yeah. all your friends are potential lore boy sleeper cells. Yeah, all your friends are birds, and they want to scratch up your face if you don't tell them about the lore boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Jamie, anything you want to talk about? Um, get in the Discord. That's where most of the stuff's happening. Uh, go to loreboys.g. Oh, well, the, the discord.gg slash loreboys. <laughs> now I'm, I've caught the, the metal monster <laughs> disease that makes me not know our links. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, it's been playing some hardcore wow with, uh, some folks in the server and stuff. So, uh, I can give you a guild invite and stuff and you can laugh at me when I inevitably die. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, just come out there. That's where the best place to hang out. All the episode picks that we talked about and stuff, that'll be in the Prime section. So if you are a sub to our Patreon, which Ethan will get it to, uh, you get a whole other list of perms uh, and exclusivities in Discord. So Discord's where to find us most of the time. Yeah. Peter, how about you? Uh, at Lord Podcast on Instagram. Come check out our images. Say hello. Uh, send us messages. I always love getting uh, a little bit of appreciation there. Thank you, everybody, for all the follows as well. Um, yeah, otherwise, that's about it. That's all that's going on for me. Yeah, and if you want to support the show financially, help us keep the lights on, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash loreboys. Uh, we have a few tiers there where you can access different things. Uh, the biggest one is probably just, you know, the bonus content, uh, yeah. where Jamie will complain very in, in depth about his uh, hardcore character. We talk a lot about Sea of Stars again, which I have done for two weeks in a row because it's <laughs> I had a complain, story but. I forgot to tell, but I only have one fork. Okay. Yeah. Well, a great start. <laughs> You're a fucking 32 year old man. <laughs> I, only, I bought a fork once and I never thought to buy another one. <laughs> only once is the problem. You should do it multiple times. <laughs> uh, you, you can't you can't even buy and I support buying secondhand, so like kudos to you, but you can't buy a single fork no. like firsthand. <laughs> uh, yeah. I bought what I needed. I bought one fork. And um, there's a guy, an exterminator, who came by my apartment uh, to because I'm in a basement and whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, uh, I really worked up an appetite. You got a fork I could borrow? He asked me to <laughs> borrow my fork. Spaghetti? No way. He asked uh, to borrow a fork, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've got, uh, let me what? find it here. And I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and 
I found I found my one fork and I gave it to him. Okay. And he didn't give it back. <laughs> what? He didn't oh, give it you back. Were, you, were you forkless and you were just like trying to <laughs> trying to like I guess, I guess you could say someone I guess you could say someone lifted your fork, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> like a forklift, Peter. We got a forklift. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. I, I was forking pissed. No, and I had no for a week and a half. I didn't have a fork, and my neighbor <laughs> oh, fork. <laughs> and uh, it's, okay, is this gonna end? You didn't go out and get forks, but your neighbor gave you a fork. My neighbor opened the door as I was walking by. Uh, she heard the dogs jingles in the hallway. She's like, "Oh, James, 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 Mary Olin, nice lady." She's like, "I have your fork." Oh, fork. I got my fork back. Oh, she, apparently, he left it in her apartment while working, and then I was like, "Oh, thanks! It was my only one." And she's like, "What? You only have one fork?" As most people would say, <laughs> Good. she shouldn't react like that. And I woke up this morning when I opened the door to go walk my dog Box at eight o'clock or whatever. There is some plates, forks, knives, spoons. She oh, gave me all the extras so she fun. had, so I have. So I am all forked up right now. Uh, no, no more. You got to do her favor, off dude. a napkin with a plastic spoon for Jamie. Living the oh, I don't have napkins. <laughs> <laughs> One rag. <laughs> if, if if this is your kind of story, this is all the bonus content is. Is yeah. Jamie telling absolutely deranged stories from his life and me and Peter reacting to it? Basically. Hey man, I, <laughs> one fork has got me through this. Every time I've needed it, I've had it. You know. Uh, I do love the idea that. Uh, all that stuff that your very kind neighbor gave you is going to go into a closet and never get used now. That's oh, that no, also kind of sustains me, but <laughs> I'll use it. Yeah, that's just more dishes for the sink, right? Um, yep. so if you if you want more stories like that, we got hours and hours and hours of them on patreoncom boys. <laughs> and if you if you don't trust Big Patreon, of course we do always have Lord Boys Prime. Where this week we are collecting cutlery. It's a cutlery drive for, yeah. <laughs> for your old boy Jim. But what else, what else do you need, Jimmy? Uh, I have a lot of knives. I have like I used to have more forks than spoons. Like I, I somehow got down to one fork. I had like three forks and two spoons. Now I have like four spoons and one fork. Well, I've got the whole new injection of plus, cutlery plus, yeah. into into the into the apartment economy, but I yeah. I, I'll but give yeah. you a fresh count next week, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so, like, send your... I mean, Jamie will post his inventory on the Patreon of what, what he has. He'll, he's get a registry going of what he has <laughs> and what what he needs. Uh, but if you I need more send glasses. Over, you know, napkin uh, holders, uh, glasses, salt like, and pepper shaker. You got a salt and pepper shaker? Yeah, yeah, I have a few of those. But okay. I have the one that you buy at the several, store. Several, mill, yeah. several salt and pepper shakers, but well, one fork. Every time I want to go buy <laughs> new pepper, I don't buy the... the you got, you got corn skewers? steak with a salt shaker, cutting with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I need more glasses. I remember Dara came over once, and she's like, you don't have enough glasses. And I was like, I didn't expect 20 people to be in my apartment. Oh, my but, God. Yeah. Um... Uh, Oh my god! And I think that would constitute lore boys. Lore boys. <laughs> oh my god! Out yeah. of forks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that one would be a hit. I didn't want to oh, tell you. I didn't want to give you guys an inkling man. until until the show. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> but I love how it made its way home. The little fork, like the little toaster. I like to yeah. think that that. 